time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? You lucky team, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. Stay tuned, because it's on now. The Tom Sumner Program. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, on behalf Team of Detroit, on the hey, we want to present these buffs to our governor, hey. Big Gretch. Throw the buffs on her face, because that's Big Gretch. We ain't even about the stress. We got Big Gretch. Woo. You can find her in the press under Big Gretch. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Gretch. Throw the buffs on her face, because that's Big Gretch. We ain't even about the stretch. We got Big Gretch. At all. You can find her in the press. Under Big Gretch. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Gretch. Come on. Big Gretch and this bitch playing no roles. At Excuse all. all the cussing. That's just how I get my flow on. For real. If you want to leave the state, you can stay gone. But right now, Big Gretch said stay home. All that protesting was irrelevant. irrelevant. Big Gretch ain't trying to hear y'all or the president. How we going to take orders from a non-resident? Talking about it safe, but he ain't coming with the evidence. Uh-oh. Big Grits got him shook now. When it's all over, you invited to the cookout. When it's all over, you deserve to get took out. Big Grits with the bucks on on the lookout. Uh, and she doing it for Michigan, so when she hit the stand, everybody should be listening. She on that pair of bucks with the ice in them glistening. On behalf of the whole Detroit mission. Throw the bucks on her face, cause that's Big Grits. We ain't even about the stress. We got Big Grits. At all. You can find her in the press. Under Big Grits. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Grits. Throw the bucks on her face, cause that's Big Grits. We ain't even about the stress. We got Big Grits. At all. You can find her in the press. Under Big Grits. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Grits. Tom Sumner, 
Welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour, this is going to be a lot of fun. My guest this hour is a former writer and editor at the Washington Post and is the best-selling author of numerous books, including the critically acclaimed Behind the Palace Doors and Secret Lives of the Czars, as well as a popular Penguin Treasury series, A Treasury of Royal Scandals, A Treasury of Great American Scandals, A Treasury of Deception, and A Treasury of Foolishly Forgotten Americans. And uh, his new book is uh, actually a follow-up to uh, his his previous book, uh, Bad Days in History. This is More Bad Days in History, the delightfully dismal day-to-day saga it, of igno- I keep wanting to say ignominity, but it's um, I- ignominy. You know, everybody, including me, uh, has a problem pronouncing that. It's ignominy. 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 Idiocy and yeah, incompetence. Say it any way you want it. I don't even, because I do. <laughs> well, it's, it's amazing. To a man, nobody can say it, including me. His name is Michael Farquhar, and as you can hear, he's joining me by phone. Michael, welcome to the show. Uh, Tom, thank you so much. It's great to be here. I was just saying, it's uh, regarding that, you know how there's so many words that uh, you know exactly what they mean, and you can write them uh, without thinking, but when it comes to saying them, um, it's, a, it's a different animal. So... Uh, I'm actually kind of shocked. I've learned something from your book already, Michael, and I haven't even opened the cover (laughs) because I thought the word was ignominity. 
and apparently it's not, and and that's new information for me. Well, I think maybe ignominity might be a variation of ignominy. Uh, the, you know, whatever the context is of uh, that uh, that went down in ignominity. I don't know. I really don't. Well, let me but, uh, let me ask you this, Michael, about more bad days in history. Um, and I've asked a lot of writers who write books that are um, sequential. And I, um, the question is, do you get to the end of the book and, go, and think to yourself, but wait, there's more? <laughs> uh, you know, that's a, that is a good question. I kind of allude uh, at the end of this one, there is more, uh, volume three, hopefully. But I'll tell you, I don't think that there's, it, because it's, it is chronological by uh, day, but it's not chronological by year. So you really are jumping all over history and all over time from one day to the next. I mean, you could be in ancient Rome one day and in the, uh, watching the, the goofballs in Congress the next. Um, and it also covers all different aspects of history, uh, military history, royal, <clears throat> royal history, um, so you're 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 kind of on a on a historical adventure uh, through time and and topic. So at the end, you're just um, I don't think you're like okay. Well, I I can't believe that single topic is over. Is there any more? Um, it's more like wow. I hope it's wow. What's What's interesting to me about this is um, the the <laughs> negative bend you take on history for for a lot of people. We tend to look back either at our own lives or at history and try to remember the good days. What is it about Michael Farquhar that looks back and says, I want to remember the bad days? Well, you know, I, in my personal life, I remember the good days. In my uh, in my writing and in my reading, it's it's not like I'm, I'm trying to find, you know, something negative. It's more like... The bad days, if you look at them under the umbrella, oh, my God, that's incredibly embarrassing, or, you know, they were really left with egg on their face. It's kind of, it's the unexpected side of history that you really did not learn in history class. It's George Washington being mortified by his mother. It's Einstein uh, weeping over his wife leaving him when there's no mystery as to why when he writes this list of demands, like, you will stay out of my room. It's not that I'm looking for trouble or to be, uh, or to be negative. It's just, um, it's ironically, it's the worse it is in terms of uh, embarrassment, the more fun it is, and it and it sheds more light on um, a lot of historical figures. Like, just take the founding fathers for example. We enshrine them in marble. We treat them as infallible Debbie gods, and you know, the fact of the matter is that at the end of the day, they were just like the rest of us. They could be very petty, very, <clears throat> very mean. They got, you know, a lot of them hated each other. Um, but imagine all these guys who really don't, a lot of them who don't like each other, stuck in this hot room, raging B.O., and hammer out a new nation. Now, that's... That's a pretty cool perspective. Uh, I think it humanizes them. It makes their accomplishment to me that much more impressive because you are a little bit dehumanizing them when you treat them like they were infallible demigods. This is this is the real guys, and look what they did. And, and when you tell some of these stories, Michael, it, there are things that we 
learned that are unexpected. I remember reading a little passage about uh, uh, President Ulysses S. Grant getting speeding tickets. And I was so surprised that speeding tickets existed in the age of, of horses and carriages. Yeah, it's uh, it does. It, that's precisely the kind of historical quirks uh, that I love and that I like to include. It's um, you know, I want you to be able. I I want you to do what I did when I found them uh, while doing research and uncovering these little nuggets and going, "Wow, that's awesome!" <laughs> Who knew? Exactly. And and how do yeah. you do that? How do you find these little nuggets? Because um, they're not the things that, that are common knowledge. You're right, and uh, I think it comes from several uh, several ways, Tom. You are, let's just say you're researching uh, something that you just stumbled across um, in a footnote, and you go, wow, why is that in a footnote? That should have been included in the biography, although the, the biography is already 800 pages. I guess the editor said get it out of there. But I want to follow up on it. And so you start researching that anecdote from from whomever, and you're going, oh, wow, this has also happened to one of his contemporaries in this other thing that I'm reading. Oh, this happened to his son or his daughter or his wife. And you just go deeper and deeper into a rabbit hole. You you come up with these, these wows, and uh, it's a thrill. Now, here's where the bummer is. It's... Um, it's not just enough to read something and go, oh, I didn't know that, and then slap it in the book. I mean, you, you, they have to be thoroughly researched. So, you know, you find something, you, you then you follow up with the professors who know something about it, or the biographer, and then you go, yeah, it, it really is true. It was too good to be true, and yet it is. The bummer is, is when you go, after weeks of research or days of research, you hit this wall of, oh, damn, this was a myth. This was used to smear so-and-so. It was made up entirely, and this wow thing is not, is not true. Although, <clears throat> uh, oddly, that can also be spun into a bad day. It's when so-and-so was smeared by so-and-so and <clears throat> now suffers with the enduring legacy of being a, you know, whatever he was accused of being. So, <clears throat> excuse me again. Mm-hmm. The research is the uh, is the, the the most fun. The writing is fun, but it's hard because um, it's it's very difficult to tell a great story in a limited amount of time. So you have, I mean, in a limited amount of space, because you've got three hundred and sixty six of these. Uh, we did a leap year this time, and it's um, you, you want to give it more than a wow, did you know sentence, but you and give it some context and some meat. Um, but uh, but not take up too much space. So it's all a challenge, but it's one of those challenges that I find, uh, you know, really fulfilling. I love history. I love um, I love rounding out history with these, uh, these wow moments. More about bad days in history with journalist-turned-author Michael Farquhar straight ahead. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, indoors, indoors.
Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. More about bad days in history with journalist-turned-author Michael Farquhar, straight ahead. I was just trying to remember uh, an author I had a, a few years ago on the show who had written a book about uh, political campaigning and, and uh, dirty tricks, historically. Mm. And, uh, you yeah. know, and, and it was kind of interesting, these, these things that you talk about that, that you try to track down, uh, like, you know, which presidents wore women's clothing and, you know, stuff that was talked about them in a political campaign but then how do you how do you fact check that stuff michael well that is, other... again, it's, it's a matter of going back to their biographers or going back to uh you know the people familiar with us um with a certain era the historians or um you that you know, one of the things i learned when i was at the post is i mean you really gotta you really gotta do your uh, reporting, and that's no different when you're reporting history, which incidentally is what I am. I'm a reporter of history versus a historian, uh, which is a key distinction. I mean, the historians are the ones that are in the you know in the musty files for decades on one person, and I'm I have the luxury of looking at their work and going, that's you know, okay, okay, okay. Oh, look what I just found in your biography. So these are the. This would be the Ulysses Grant expert who would who would, who would have told that story about the uh, speed speeding ticket. It's not just some uh, random internet thing where you go. Did you know that Grant got yeah. caught speeding? Yeah. You gotta you gotta do your homework. Like like the Abraham Lincoln meme that that has him signing a quote that says you can't believe everything you read on the internet. True, but I will tell you, for research, the internet is invaluable for a number of reasons. One of them being, if you're not, if you can't necessarily rely on, uh, you know, postings of facts, but you can be, you know, you can get dig deeper and know where to find that expert who knows everything there is to know about Andrew Jackson, or where, or where to get the, uh, you know, the the most uh, well-regarded biography of Abraham Lincoln. Um, and then I'm lucky enough to live in D.C. All I got to do is march down to the Library of Congress and grab it, or not grab it. They don't, you know, can't check out there. But I don't. You know, sometimes you don't even have to go to the Library of Congress. I mean, if I'm pointed in the right direction of a of a uh, biography, for example, I will. Uh, I can go to any of the local uh, college campuses here. So it's a. Um, it's definitely reporting, even though you're not talking to the people because they're dead, but you're talking to the experts about them. Sorry about that, Michael. I got distracted for a moment. I was, I was looking through my bookcase. I was trying to find that book so I could tell you the author that wrote it because it was a collection Is it of... Paul Bowler? I, I'm not sure. Um... But as I've read a couple of those kind of great dirty tricks, nasty campaign books, and they're and they're really cool. Um, and you know, any given topic in this collection could make a whole book. Uh, I mean, nasty campaigns alone. And I have, you know, I have a a sub series in here of history's meanest mothers. That could be a book. Um, I, I at this point, I'm still interested in doing a broader uh, perspective of history. It, you know, uh, that, uh, without that 
such a narrow focus. But uh, it's interesting. I mean, these any of these books that you read, uh, you know, legitimate books about early campaigns, they were vicious. They make, yeah, they make they were. any of our modern campaigns look like, you know, uh, a, uh, a gentleman's club. It's, it, it's incredible how nasty it was and how vicious the part of partisan press was. I mean, even George Washington was getting shredded back in those days. Shredded. That's right, and, and there was there was one claim that uh, Abraham Lincoln didn't change his socks for ten days, or you know, some ridiculous thing, and yet people would you know go out on the stump and <laughs> just pour that stuff out yeah. there. Um, and then, in addition to calling him, you know, a gorilla. Yeah. Right. Right. Without- you know, just just attack, attack, attack. I mean, I don't know. One of the interesting stories in this book is um, George Washington's reaction to all the attacks on him. And we think of him as so stoic. And, you know, largely he was in public, but behind the scenes. Well, he, he even, was, didn't, he, I mean, didn't he put out a uh, a book on etiquette? I'm not sure of that, but I know that when he gave that very famous farewell address, it was like the fourth version of it, um, because it was a model of dignity and decorum. But it, like the three other drafts, were, you know, he was attacking back at all the, uh, you know, scurrilous uh, scribblers, as he called them, um, and all the, I mean, he was, he was wildly angry at Jefferson and Madison, who he thought he, those were his Virginia brothers. And they were subverting him from behind the scenes all along. And, um, I mean, Martha Washington said two of the worst moments of her life were when uh, Washington died and when Jefferson came to Mount Vernon to offer his condolences. So that's just an idea of how ugly <laughs> it, it was. And, and you know, I'm, I'm taken by the story of uh, Andrew Jackson's parrot being escorted out of his funeral for cussing. Yeah. Now, how about that? Now, where are you? <laughs> now, you talk about uh, coming across, stumbling across something and go, there's no way. There's no way. <clears throat> so that was one of those ones that I carefully researched and I go, indeed he was. Uh, Paul was the name of the parrot. And Paul was um, a screeching uh, sailor at that funeral and got escorted <laughs> out. But no one should have been surprised. I mean, Jackson... Uh, in addition to having homicidal tendencies, was uh, a, a bit foul-mouthed himself. So it's those little nuggets that add a little color to, you know, what otherwise is kind of skimmed over. I mean, there's not a lot of school kids that can tell you anything about Jackson, right? Oh, uh, sure. Unfortunately, because the way we uh, teach history, it's very pedantic, Um for, uh, unless you're a really good teacher, and there's some marvelous history teachers out there. Don't there make there are, and I'm, and I'm glad you said that, Michael. But but by and large, we teach history by names, dates, and places. Yes. Instead of telling the stories. And, and from a historical standpoint, why is it important to remember the bad days along with the good days? I think it completes the picture. I mean, I'm not saying that every uh, one of these stories is fraught with deeper meaning and larger purpose. I mean, some of them are just meant some to go. Some of it's no, for entertainment. No. I get that. 
some of it's for entertainment, but it's like I, as I referenced the Founding Fathers earlier in our conversation, I mean, <clears throat> that's a very important thing to come away uh, from. Um, is if you're learning about them in school, you're learning that they are uh, infallible, um, perfect men. And if you're learning about them from, you know, that other kind of, um, my point of view, where you're just looking at their squabbles and you're looking at them <laughs> not getting along, you really do walk away from them going, wow, isn't it incredible with these guys? You've been, everybody's been to a stupid neighborhood meeting where they're doing Robert's Rules of Orders over which kind of, you know, uh, trash can people should have. That's what that I picture uh, on a much grander scale yeah, what's going just... on in Philadelphia. Hot, August, smelly, and these guys who don't like each other anyway come together and, and, and accomplish what? A new nation. That's awesome. It is, it is awesome, but we tend to look at the accomplishments and the achievements, um, the outcomes, not necessarily how they got there. And, and the, the way you just described their get-together in Philadelphia sounds like a Flint City Council meeting. Yes, you, I mean, everybody <laughs> has those kind of experiences. Uh, I mean, I've, I've actually, one of my uh, weird hobbies is watching council, uh, city council uh, meetings on, uh, on YouTube because some of them just become so ridiculous. And, uh, I mean, there's one in Detroit where uh, somebody on the council called uh, bald, the bald head of the council Shrek because she was so frustrated <laughs> with him. I mean, things don't change. Uh, so it's, uh, I would say, again, I'm not trying to attach, you know, super weight or heft uh, to my work. Um, it's accurate history. It's true history. It's, uh, it's the stuff I liked reading as a kid learning about as a kid that got me turned on to history so you know perhaps if you're 12 year old reading this and it lights a spark great you know were there I, uh, things were there things in your research michael that that surprised you or was that actually kind of a criteria to make it into the book oh i mean it was a learning experience you know again if you have a, a love of history like i do but a you know a, a very superficial broad understanding of it but you know i'm not an expert in uh, in any uh, field of history uh there's a lot you're i'm learning and going wow um i mean it's a learning experience for me um <clears throat> i guess the benefit i have of, of being a student of history is that at least i know where to start and I, at least when I'm reading about it, I know the characters that are involved. I'm not, you know, um, I'm not coming at it blind like I would be writing a book about calculus. Say, I know what I'm talking about enough um, to recognize the context of what's happening, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Um, and, and, and I guess before we get too short on time, um, do you have some, some favorite episodes from the book did you come away with uh i don't know michael farquhar's top 10 yeah i mean i i they're all they're all my favorites which sounds so cliche they're all my children blah 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 but i mean given <laughs> well, it's the like asking a musician if they have a favorite song yeah uh and especially hard because of you know the effort it was to winnow down each one of these two to one bad day and then <clears throat> the various um, 
sways or the swaying of, of of topics like sports to music to military. So it's really hard for me. But I mean, you can take anything. We could you know, anything. I love all of them. I mean, I like when the you know. Um, uh, they put King George V to to sleep um, forever, uh, just to make his death uh, meet the morning, uh, more dignified morning papers. So they just shoved morphine in his jugular vein. I mean, you're going, wow, are you kidding me? <laughs> or, you know, when the Puritans executed these poor farm animals because some pervy Puritan had slept with them. Or, you know, when the Queen of Siam drowns because it's against the law for anybody to touch her so nobody could help her. Um, you know, it's uh, a pope unleashing on his um, misbehaved, unholy son. Uh, yes, son. Or when the Tate Gallery spends $32,000 on a can of some obscure Italian artist's poop. Yes. Oh, and it's also another can, incidentally, another can of crap is in you know New York's Metropolitan Museum of Art. I mean, it's crazy. History's crazy, and and it's and wonderful. Exactly, that's the part I was going to say because um, at at the end of the day, Michael, when we see the foibles of people we think of as as famous or even infamous, it yes. somehow makes our own foibles seem more normal. It's so very true. Yeah, um, I mean, at the minimum, look at just go, if you're having a lousy day, um, it's no fun being being told to snap out of it by someone else, but you can certainly snap yourself out of it by going, okay, all right, yeah, what, perspective-wise, <laughs> so-and-so was having it so much worse. And then, you know, just have a little bit of a light feeling about the fact that we're always going to be have highs and lows, and uh, but we're also in between those are going to have some mortifying moments. Um, you know, we've done, we all do idiotic things. And when you've got these historic figures doing equally, uh, uh, well, any, not equally idiotic, they're doing it on a grand stage. It's, uh, it is. It's just all very human. Did you, did you find yourself... What do we share? Humanity. Did you find yourself, Michael, when you were putting together these collections of bad days, um, maybe mentally reliving some of your own bad days and, and putting maybe some of your embarrassment to rest? Well, there is. Uh, uh, I'll share with you this, Tom. There is one bad day in this book that involves me, and it's not narcissistic. It's when my behind made, uh, and I'm talking about my rear end, made the uh, pages of the Washington Post, as in a comment by an editor in a column about my total Irish rear end, which is a lack of rear end. So this is, this is uh, uh, you know, I'm an eager young journalist, uh, you know, ready to take on the world, and here is my, you know, my, beat, my butt in the pages of the Post, you know, the pages of Woodward and Bernstein. So, yeah, I relived that. I had to actually share it because it was it's pretty funny uh, how clever, <clears throat> excuse me, how cleverly he did it to me. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm one walking foot in my mouth. I have been my whole life. So uh, I have particular sympathy for the people who say dumb things in history and it comes back to bite them. But, um, I, you know, my life's been good. I've been lucky. Yeah. Um, there's nothing that I look back on and go, oh, my God, what a horror. 
Well, I th- I'm grateful I th- for that, actually. But I think maybe some of that has to do, Michael, with your ability to see both sides, the the good and the bad and the relevance of both. Yeah, I just, I mean, uh, I think we can all agree that uh, nobody expect, uh, should be expecting a rose garden. Or, <laughs> I thought you, um, for Costa, some reason, Michael, I thought you were going to say nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. I, I guess I'm, <laughs> I guess I'm just too much of well, a Monty Python fan. Well, I was going to say, you remember? Uh, do you remember Mel Brooks' The History of the World? Oh, of course, the Inquisition. Yeah, what a show! Turning yeah, I mean, it into a song that, and dance. That was so awesome. Uh, maybe you might want to consider this book a little bit of a of a semi scholarly uh, song and dance. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> or at least, certainly, an homage to uh, all of the people who find the humor in everything. Um, Michael, yeah, this is so much true. fun, and we are getting close to the end of our time. And so, I always want guests to have an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about. Obviously, tracking down the book "More Bad Days in History" by Michael Farquhar is a great place to start. But where can people learn more about you and your work, past, present, and future? Do you have a website, Michael? I do not uh, at this time. Work in progress. Um, you know, I, I, basically my work is you know collected on Amazon and other um, online realtors, and you can see what I've been up to for the last twenty years of history writing. Um, there's nothing really exciting about what I'm. Gonna, I mean, I think I'm going to be plunging soon back into excuse me more research. So it won't be like, you know, your my blog with daily dalliances with fun Michael. So book-wise, um, you know, you can easily see a, a list of, of everything I've done. I started my first book was The Treasury of Royal Scandals back in uh, 2001. <clears throat> Excuse me, back in 2001. And I've been doing it ever since and has having a great time. And it's uh, I'm really happy that this is my job. Well, Michael, it's been uh, really fun talking with you, and I know you have more people to talk to, so we'll end it there. But uh, thanks so much for spending some time with me, and keep up the good work. Hey, Tom, it's uh, it was a pleasure. Honestly, you're a uh, you're a great conversationalist, and I really appreciate it. It makes it so easy for me because I don't want to sit there and blather. And you are uh, you guide me beautifully, so thank you. All right, take care, Michael. Bye bye. Again, that was Michael Farquhar. He uh, was a uh, writer and editor at the Washington Post and the best-selling author of numerous books, including the critically acclaimed Behind the Palace Doors and Secret Lives of the Czars, as well as his uh, Penguin Treasury series, A Treasury of Royal Scandals, A Treasury of Great American Scandals, A Treasury of Deception, and A Treasury of Foolishly Forgotten Americans. And uh, his new book is a follow-up to his book, More. Uh, it's called More Bad Days in History, um, where the delightfully dismal day-to-day saga of ignominy, idiocy, and incompetence continues. And uh, we're going to continue with the Tom Sumner program straight ahead.
I don't touch my face I stay at home Shelter in place Social distance Don't go to work I wear a mask and gloves Stay away from church I avoid old folks And should I sneeze I do it in my elbow Or up my sleeve Six feet apart That is the rule And I pray for the day Kids can go back to school I'm washing my hands Like a raccoon with OCD I've watched Hulu, Roku, Netflix, PBS, and the BBC I've taken down all my mirrors And I'm sick of what I see of quarantine will be the death of me the death of me I risk a trip to the grocery store to buy TV and a few things more but when I get there all I can find Sixteen honey buns and some mad dog wine. I'm washing my hands like a raccoon with OCD. I've watched Hulu, Roku, Netflix, PBS, and the BBC. I've taken down all my mirrors, cause I'm sick of what I see. Of this quarantine's gonna be the death of me. The death of me. You know, they say this is war. But we don't have to storm Omaha Beach or Pork Chop Hill. And we just lay here on the couch and watch TV. Whew, I'd rather volunteer for a high risk commando raid to parachute into Wuhan and find that little fellow that ordered that bad soup. I know I'm talking out of my head, saying crazy stuff over and over like, yes, dear, yes, dear. At breakfast, I meant to say, honey, please pass me the pepper. Well, what slipped out was, you crazy woman, you've ruined my life. <laughs> of course, I immediately apologized <laughs> as soon as I regained consciousness. From the Tom Sumner Show. Oh, yeah. Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here, and every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out.
While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Say, objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, attorney general stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam. Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, Report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dana, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. 
This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. There's a book written called Psychological Studies of Famous Americans, and it examines from a psychological viewpoint uh, Robert E. Lee and Ulysses S. Grant and uh, Walt Whitman, people like this, and tries to explain in terms of psychology why these people acted the way they did, that they really did not act from, uh, from valor or anything else, that there were deep psychological problems these people had, and that's why they reacted the way they did. One person they skipped that I thought would be a great subject for analysis, if they had analysis when he was around, was uh, Ben Franklin. I think he... I think this man is ripe for analysis. So this is uh, Ben's analyst, and he's in a typical analyst's office. He has a, a, a desk and a chair and a couch and an intercom. Yeah, uh, who, who, uh, who is it, Murray? Ben, ben Franklin. Um, can, I, uh, can I duck him, Murray? He's, he's standing right there in the office. He's, he's dripping all over the rugs. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, send him in, Mary. Uh, uh, Mary, how, how's he doing on his account? Uh, th- three months behind, huh? Yeah, he's, he's thrifty, all right, Mary. All right, send him in, send him in. Well, hi, hi there, Ben. How are you today? Good. Ben, you want to you lie down on the couch there? Uh, ben, you want to put some papers down on the couch so <laughs> don't uh, don't get the couch all wet. Mm. Well, I'd, I'd say from the looks of our clothes, we've been uh, flying the kite again in the rainstorm, right, Ben? <laughs> okay, Ben. Um, we copied down our dreams, did we? Mm-hmm. You, you didn't have to. It's the same one. You're, you're walking down the street, and you, you find a half dollar, and your face is on it. <laughs> that's, that's pretty sick, Ben, you know that? <laughs> Washington has the same dream, only he sees his face on paper. Huh? You want to you want to give George my number, uh, Ben? <laughs> okay, Ben. Let's let's see if we can't get to the bottom of this kite fixation thing. Um, the uh, the lightning knocked you down again, uh, did it, Ben? <laughs> you're you're not surprised by that, though, are you? I mean, you you expect it to knock you down, don't you? <laughs> you know, Ben. Uh, you being a founding father and all, you know, it, uh, it doesn't exactly inspire confidence in people to see a, you know, a grown man flying a kite, you know. <laughs> it's too bad it, it, it isn't something a little more private, you know, you could, you could do in the privacy of your own room, like uh, spinning a top, you know, <laughs> some, something like that. You ever, ever thought of spinning a top, Ben? Wouldn't, wouldn't knock you down. Hmm? <laughs> that's, that's important to you, is it, Ben? The, mm-hmm? Okay, let, let me see if I have the picture now, Ben. Uh, you're flying your kite, all right, Ben? And you're letting out the string. Everything's the same as usual. 
there's, there's something different this time. You, you use strips of cloth for the tail. Red, white, and blue strips of cloth. <laughs> where'd, uh, where'd you get the red, white, and blue strips of cloth, Ben? From, from Betsy Ross. She's, she's got plenty of it. She, she's up to wearing it, Ben? Now, uh, Be uh, Betsy gave you the cloth, did she, Ben? You, you took the cloth. A, a penny saved is a penny earned. Why, uh, why didn't you ask uh, Betsy for the cloth, Ben? She thinks you're a sissy because you wear bows on your shoes. And, and she chased you down the street yelling, you're not thrifty, you're cheap. <laughs> she, uh, she could have something there, Ben. Not, nothing, nothing, Ben. Mm -hmm. Why, uh, why didn't you uh, pay Betsy uh, for, for the cloth, Ben? Keep what is dear to you if, if you would prosper. Mm. Ben, I, I think we can get a lot more done if, if you drop the little homilies after, after each, uh, <laughs> each statement. Ben, we don't seem to be getting anywhere with, it, with a kite thing. Uh, let's switch to something else. How, how are the inventions uh, coming along, Ben? You, you got lucky this morning. You, you don't have to wear your bifocals anymore. The, the lightning fused your glasses to your eyeballs. <laughs> what, uh, what are you going to call them, Ben? Con contact lenses. Ben, I, I, uh, I sure would like to be more optimistic about your condition, but um, <laughs> afraid I'm going to have to recommend a shock treatment, Ben. Uh, I, don't, I don't like to do it because there are always uh, undesirable side effects. Well, what, what we do, Ben, is uh, we stick you inside the Liberty Bell and, uh, and we, <clears throat> we uh, ring it a couple times, you know. Well, uh, the problem is you, you, you quiver for about two or three years, you see. <laughs> ben, I'm afraid our time is almost up. We'll see you uh, next, next Thursday then. Right. Goodbye, Ben. You, you get him, Mary? He ran, ran out already, huh? <laughs> This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Place. When I go to the moon 
Alexander Zanjic, don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. 